Hello and welcome to the Future is Bilingual podcast. My name is Heather. We are officially in the new year in 2021. So I want to wish everybody a very healthy and happy new year. And I hope you're not too tired from staying up late last night. New year is a time of hope and wishes and often resolutions and things that we want to improve upon. And I love this time of year. I love making resolutions. So I'm not immune to that. This episode is also an episode about hope and what we want for the future and i don't want to say too much more because i don't want to give away what their story is about but i'm interviewing two people today who are dear friends of mine carly and mihao and i hope that you enjoy this episode welcome carly and mihao thanks heather we're happy to be here thanks for having us so why don't you introduce yourselves so my name is carly i'm 29 here with my husband. Uh, we're expecting our first child in February. I'm about mm-hmm. 30 weeks pregnant right now. Uh, my name is Michael, uh, 32 years old, married to Carly, uh, <laughs> three years now. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And um, do you want to say what you guys do? I'm a um, domestic violence counselor and legal advocate at our local courthouse. Um, and then uh, I'm an electrical engineer. Uh, currently, in these times, working fully remote and at home, uh, and then hopefully in the future, fifty uh, percent remote. So we look forward to that. To you know, being able to be home with like with our child in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, we also moved on to uh, a four-day work week, so Monday through Thursday. So every Friday we're going to have off. I mean, I, I do have to work ten-hour days, and then we should be fifty percent remote. So I'll be going in a couple of days and being home a couple of days. But expecting like a first child, that we think it's going to be useful. Yeah, no, I think that'll be super helpful. Um, in this country, most fathers don't get any paternity leave or they have to use their vacation time. So that's really great that you'll be home at least part-time during the week. There's just a lot to get used to when that first baby comes. Um, do you want to tell us how you guys met? Um, we met on a dating app, actually. <laughs> oh. um, Michael had a really short, sweet bio. It only <laughs> said Chesh, and I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> So I had never seen accents like that before, even on letters. Oh, this is so, so appropriate. I didn't actually know, I know how you guys met. So this is very appropriate for our conversation. So one of our first conversations actually was about the fact that Michael's Polish. And- <laughs> so tell us what Chesh means, because people listening might not know. Well, Chesh means hello, hi. Uh, <laughs> and in, in Polish, actually, people use Chesh as kind of like a goodbye as well, like you could say chesh, like, uh, mm-hmm. walk. yeah, like chow. Like chow. No, yeah, exactly. Chow is probably a perfect example of it. Mm-hmm. You could s- greet somebody and say goodbye to somebody. Yeah, I believe Hebrew, the word shalom works the same way. So it's interesting oh, cool. that languages have that flexibility. English, we do not allow that. But, and it worked, right? <laughs> it got you the girl. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we know Michał speaks uh, Polish and obviously English. Uh, do you guys want to tell us more about the languages that you speak? I'm not bilingual in any way. I, I only know really English, um, but I do know some Spanish just from um, taking it in school. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm learning Polish as well. 
Um, Very good. She's, she's definitely really good in Spanish because when we took a vacation to Spain, she was pretty much our main translator. <laughs> uh, Maui, our mutual friend, also mm -hmm. helped uh, uh, with, with Spanish, and so did our friend Chris. He might have annoyed some people in Spain, but what we did have pretty much went throughout Spain with Carly's and Martin's uh, help there. Mm -hmm. Hi guys, I just wanted to quick jump in and let you know that this mutual friend that Mihao is referring to is my co-host, Marcin, also known as Martin, and in our friend group, he's known as Maui. So you'll hear him referred to by those different names, but it is, in fact, my co-host. Well, if you can travel, I mean, people define being bilingual differently, so it's your own personal decision if you think you're bilingual, but if you're able to travel, that's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. And Michal, any other languages under your belt? Uh, no, for me, it's a Polish, Polish native language, just from being born there up to seven years old and came to the U.S. Uh, to be taught English. I didn't really, well, I guess I, I, if I go forward, I didn't really get uh, any English um, learning or teaching before mm -hmm. I left Poland. So kind of a spur of the moment when my parents moved over to the U.S. So basically all my English was taught in first grade. So I, wow. I started first grade with, with no English. So with an ESL, wow. with an ESL teacher, um, wow. yeah, knowing zero words. But I do remember like me and my sister being very, very quick at learning it and mm -hmm. very, like, just easily like learning like all these words coming home and saying like the funniest things were um we would come home and we would like kind of complain to our parents uh saying hey remember when we you told us the word for for closet uh -huh. in polish it's like shafa so it's like really hard like words for like polish kids to learn mm -hmm. like shafa like the shit shit uh, sounds and then it's like hey why is it in English closet? It's so much easier. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Cause when my son was, you guys, you guys know my son, Adrian, he was in daycare and with my mom and all his first words were English, pretty much ball book. And I was so nervous. He would never be able to say piłka, książka. I was like, he's never yes. Polish, but he does. Um, but yeah, those are the sounds of Polish are definitely hard to say. And uh, we have some books that have um like tips at the bottom for parents like at age three your kid can say these sounds at age four at age five and yeah so it'll like tell you what age they can actually correctly pronounce like dz together or like z with a dot on it or, you know yeah polish is interesting michael or michael uh you learned english just because you had to uh, but you yes. did have your sister and you guys are close in age so that probably helped a lot because you could you each we're in the same situation. So like she could help you understand. She knew exactly what you were coming, where you were coming from and what you were going through. Exactly. It was definitely the same, same exact situation. Um, we both didn't know a word and then everything that, you know, if I learned something, I would tell her if she learned something, she'd tell me. And then mm -hmm. it got to a point that you know, me and her spoke English to each other um, that that my parents, my parents would actually like yell at us saying, no, speak in Polish because like we'd be in the back seat just like speaking <laughs> English 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, it wasn't even to like hide anything. It was just like, I guess, you know, your kids, it's something new and mm-hmm. you, you learn it in, in school and you just want to use it. Exactly. Yeah. But, you want to practice what you've been learning and yeah. she's like a safe practice partner. So I can totally see that. And that just happens. I think that happens with most kids of immigrants that are, you know, bilingual. They are, you know, a lot of them drift towards the majority language just because most people speak it. They, it, it seems more useful. Miha, how did you uh, keep up your Polish then? Because you came here so young. Did you have school, like any schooling in Poland? In Poland, I went to kindergarten. So mm-hmm. not, not like huge schooling, right? I actually went to kindergarten twice because uh, when my sister went off to school, when it was her turn to go to kindergarten, I, I pretty much couldn't stay home by myself because like me and my sister are so close in age. So we grew up together. So when she went to school, I just got really sick and just, you know, couldn't stay home by myself. So my parents had to like pretty much bribe the, the school teachers with like, uh, like farm eggs and like, like just stuff, stuff to say, could you just let him go to school with his sister? So, so we actually went to kindergarten twice. Well, we went to kindergarten together for the first time. And then, mm-hmm. then when it was my turn to go to kindergarten, I repeated it, uh, the grade again. So I was in kindergarten twice in Poland. That's so awesome. Came, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty funny. I always say it's uh, my love for education. Yes. That's why I really wanted to go early. <laughs> Dedication. Um, exactly. So I didn't say this yet, but um, Carly and Michal are good friends of mine. And I love that we're only a few minutes into our discussion and I'm learning so much about both of you. Um, <laughs> just things we don't normally talk about when we're hanging out. So this is great. No, that's very true. Good stories come out of this. Yeah, there's just so many stories that we never have the chance to tell each other. So I love it. So yeah, tell us, how did you keep your Polish? So, yeah, so I went to kindergarten, then we came to the US. I went straight into first grade. Always spoken Polish at home. Uh, we had an aunt that lived in the same apartment building, so she spoke in Polish as well. So mm-hmm. my my parents were very close to um, my aunt. So me always spoken there. Uh, radio, like my parents, even from the beginning, they like radio, TV, um, always like Polish channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would still get uh, exposure to that. I believe, like we also went to some Polish classes uh, when we were like pretty young. I think it was part of like um, the church, the church like St. Stan's had some mm-hmm. Polish classes. So we took like CCD classes and they had some Polish classes. It was mostly just spoken at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My parents also, my parents also really wanted us, you know, to retain it. So that's why I go back to saying like, we, we would get yelled at, well, you know, scolded, I guess, uh, when we were like in the back seat, but they would send they would send us to Poland as much as they could. So I do remember, I think maybe and and this was like my parents would send only me and my sister. They would just put me and my sister on a plane. What? With, yep, just me and my sister on a plane. We're, I mean, we're like, I feel like we were either in like end of like maybe fifth grade or sixth grade. Like we were really small kids, right? Um, they would just put us on a plane, send us to Poland for the whole summer. Um, <laughs> wow. See, yeah, I so, never knew that. Yep. Yeah, yep. So the, the, ten, the attendant would just like, you know, say like, okay, we're going to like look after them. 
And then on the other side, like my aunt or grandmother would come pick us up and we would just stay in Poland for like the whole summer. I think we did that twice. Wow. Um, so it was like a couple months and it was always, it was always nice to go back. Cause I know like by middle school, I felt like by middle school time frame, uh, I, I started like losing my Polish. Mm-hmm. It was like me and my sister had spoken Polish, I mean, in English all the time. And then I felt like I was losing it a little bit. So yeah, well, I'm sure so much of your day was, you know, schooling was English, friends yeah. were English, like everything was happening except for, you know, the, th- the hours you're at home, but it's not that much once you're in school, you know, you're exactly. sleeping a lot of it. So <laughs> yeah, um, so trips, all- trips back. That's great. Yeah, and then the trips, I think the trips kind of like uh, brought me back in, like you go to, you know, you lose, you feel like you lose the Polish and then like you take a trip to Poland, maybe in the beginning your your grammar and like wording is kind of off and then, and then you kind of reset and you kind of like spend a week or two there and you just reset into knowing it pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how that can happen, how like you can kind of get weak and get yeah rusty and then all of a sudden it's just you're like clean you're ready to go everything's it just sets in your brain like oh yeah this thing like you just kind of got out of practice or something yep and especially with first languages they say it's if you've learned it up until like adolescence it's hard to lose it um versus you know just a language like i studied spanish at high school but i i could forget that easily you don't have to tell me I forgot my Spanish language in from high school. There we go. We all we've we've all been there. So let's get into the baby because that's what we're all here to talk about. It's so exciting. What are and I want to ask Carly first as the mom. What are your goals? What are your dreams? Like ideal in the ideal world, what languages would you want this baby to grow up hearing and speaking? you know, trips, just kind of imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we we would really like this baby and, and all our children, hopefully if we have more than one, mm-hmm. to know Polish. But definitely we want them to know Polish and English. And I would also like to teach them Spanish and maybe some Portuguese as well, um, just to kind of bring my background into it a little bit. So, yeah. So tell, tell us about your Portuguese background. Um, so my father is from Portugal. Like, basically everyone on my dad's side of the family is an immigrant. Um, and they speak Portuguese as their first language. So growing up, it's not like I spoke Portuguese at home at all. Um, it was more so the language during, like, family gatherings or holidays mm-hmm. or trips or things like that. Um, so really I was just kind of like a passive like listener to Portuguese. I never really like spoke it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you had exposure. I had exposure to it. It really helped me with my Spanish when I started taking like Spanish lessons formally at school. Um, I think. Yeah. So, I'm sure your ear was trained without yeah, you even and I think realizing. Like even my tongue too, in a way, like it, it's felt like a natural way to to speak. So yeah, so that's why I'm I'm also excited to to bring in like a, a romance language, um, yeah. in addition to the Slavic language that we'll be able to get you know really well because Michael's fluent. And I think it's great because there's so many Spanish speakers and even Portuguese speakers in our area that 
and, and they're closely related. So, you know, having at least knowledge of one is going to help with the other. Yeah, definitely. Does your family still speak any Portuguese? Like if they all get um, together? Yeah. My aunts, uncles, cousins, um, they all speak it. So, you know, I can, I can ask them if they would just speak to my baby in Portuguese. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they'll be able to teach them way more than I could. Um, oh my gosh, yes. One week. Great way to introduce them. And yeah. we actually plan on going to Portugal hopefully, and, and visiting family there. So I always just remember that um, those visits for me being so exciting because I loved being exposed to a different language when I was mm -hmm. a little kid. And how often did you get to go over to Portugal? Um, when I was... Um, when I was young, I probably went uh, three, four times on family trips there. That's great. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to visit. It's such a beautiful part of Europe. So definitely Polish, Spanish or Portuguese. And I mean, English will come. I don't think you yes. guys have to worry yeah. about that. And we've already talked about family nearby. And unfortunately with COVID, it's definitely harder. But who knows? Who knows what will happen with the vaccine? But if you can get some family to, to babysit even once a week, you know, that could be an amazing support for Portuguese. Right. Yeah. Pretty sure that uh, Carly's parents and like my parents are very uh, willing to come down to uh, visit, especially <laughs> Carly's parents being their first grandchild. And then my parents is their second grandchild, but it's like a girl rather than a boy. So mm -hmm. they're pretty excited as well. Yeah. No. Even if it was the 10th, I'm sure they'd, they'd be running <laughs> exactly, over. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's nothing like a little baby. <laughs> yeah. So Carly, tell us more about learning Polish because you and I are in the same boat. Yeah. In a way. Um, <laughs> just at, at different levels. Um, I've, I've only been studying Polish for like a year and a half. I kind of started by using an Osborne picture book, like the Osborne series. Mm -hmm. um, they make those great books where it's just like big drawings of scenes like farm scene, park scene, kitchen mm -hmm. scene, and all of the drawings are labeled. Yes, um, we have it in French and Polish in our house for our kids. Yeah, I love, I really love that book. So um, that was like the first thing I bought when we were dating just to, um, you know, we would just go through that book all the time. Um, so I could pick up some vocabulary and I would always ask Michael how to pronounce things. Um, That's a great so, way to start though, because yeah, you can't it, really it make really fun. Yeah. I feel like you can't make a sentence if you don't have the vocab and you can get really bogged down with grammar, especially Polish grammar. So I think it's good yeah. that you just focusing on the vocab, you know, yeah. getting the sounds of the language, all that. It's, mm -hmm. That's a, that's a great way to start. Totally. And now I'm really lucky because I found a organization that's somewhat local to me. Um, luckily, Connecticut is a pretty small state, so it's not too bad to get up to New Britain, where the Polish, there's a really large Polish immigrant community, and um, the Polish American Foundation there offers Polish classes. So I've already taken um, a few sessions of it, and I'm starting up again in February for an online session. Very nice. With the baby sleeping in your lap, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. And uh, Michal, Michael, do you have any plans for how to help Carly if you're speaking? Are you planning to speak like 100% in Polish to the baby? So let's imagine the baby is here. 
you know, if she, if she doesn't understand, you know, what's your plan for that? Uh, yes, uh, so we talked about it. So we'd, we'd like to primarily uh, focus on like the one parent, one language method. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that would be more through um, reading books, speaking to her, reading books, books in Polish to her, uh, teaching them, like teaching her the basic like numbers, body parts, animals, yeah, things, around the uh, house. things around the house. So, you know, when we take walks, pointing out um, scenery, Mm-hmm. And just like consistency of just keeping up Polish, you know, in, in her mind and everything. I definitely, definitely have to um, brush up on things and learn some like uh, Polish nursery rhymes and stuff oh, yeah. like that to <laughs> be able to say stuff like that. But um, I, I am also like lucky because uh, my sister Paulina had her baby. So we, we brought back a lot of Polish book for Alex. Mm-hmm. So, so now since he won't need the baby books, they're going to come come to our house with the baby books so we'll be we'll have a lot of plenty of uh baby book material Mm -hmm. in polish and i mean the plan could be to use just like if we have english books well that was an idea i actually learned from heather oh yeah yeah Yeah, i heard it in your podcast like you don't have to really worry so much about what language the book is written in because your child can't read yet no so you can just go through and <laughs> explain what's happening in the pictures in whatever language you want and tell them the story yep that's so true and only recently my son adrian i was trying to read him something in in french just to like see and he was like no 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 polish i'm like oh, okay <laughs> but now he's getting too smart for me but oh, that's awesome <laughs> yeah for a long time you can get away with it and he can't read. He just wanted me to read it in Polish. <laughs> so they just start getting their opinions. But that's a whole nother. But no, I think that's I think that's really great that, you know, just just using it because that's really languages are most of the time we're speaking and listening. You know, that we don't write that often unless it's part of our job or school. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have plenty of time before she enters school. So yeah, Exactly. If she can understand, you know, say words, uh, say words and then see the words spelled out. Um, and I think very important, the, um, you know, once she would learn like a Polish alphabet and everything, Polish is, I guess the good part of it is once you know your letters, you can sound out the words and it's not like English where, you know, letters make different sounds, but they don't make sense. Not at um, all, yeah, just, English is crazy. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of rules in English and everything. So actually for like, you know, Polish people that immigrated here for like my parents, you know, English is pretty hard because of those rules. Like if you don't, like you really need to know those rules. But in Poland, like if you know the sounds that Polish like words and like letters make, you could pretty much sound out mm-hmm. um, what what you need to say and like what, what you need to read. Yeah, so similar exactly. to Spanish. I don't know about Portuguese, but I know Spanish is phonetic. Polish is phonetic. So yep. you read exactly what's written. You know, mm-hmm. English is so not phonetic. There's mm-hmm. so many exceptions. You know, like the word hour is spelt the same as four, the number, and hour like time. But they're they're spelt the same, but they don't sound the same. So like, oh, yeah. how do you how do you explain That's a that? Example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the one I always fall back on. But I'm not going to pronounce how it would be otherwise because it's not appropriate. But you can do that on your own pause this pause the recording and try and pronounce them the same way (laughs) but yeah I think it's great and I think Carly I've um I've heard a lot of examples and you can probably look some up as well of parents that didn't speak a language 
and you're already, you know, you already have some a, ba a good basis in Polish, but didn't speak it and heard their partner speaking the language and picked it up with the kid because yeah. it is a little baby. They're going to learn so slowly. They're not even going to speak for like at least a year. <laughs> I know. I, I think I'm really excited about that aspect of it. Learning along with her, picking up those basics, those simple phrases. Yep. Um, it's just going to be so helpful to me. So yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to help me on my language journey, I think, immensely. <laughs> because we don't, I mean, Michael doesn't use, I don't know, baby talk or just really simple little phrases all the time with me even mm -hmm. though sometimes I'm like that's what I need you to do yes <laughs> it doesn't feel natural but when right. we have no, our little one here it will be more natural and I can absorb that I know it would be nice if if <laughs> they could just talk to us like are you hungry do you want bread <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll you'll get lots of exposure though I, that's how I thought of it too and you know it doesn't matter what le level you're coming in with I was like it's still another vocabulary like even, you know, Michael, you were saying like, you, you're fluent, you're native, but you need to review like words that kids are going to be interested in. All the trucks, yeah. like, I don't even know them in English or Polish, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's just, you know, there's just different vocab, um, all the animals. Yeah, whatever the kid decides to be interested in. Um, and I will send you guys a ton of resources that have been good for us, like YouTube videos and um, songs and all sorts of things and plus you have you have your sister and her and your, your nephew and her son so I think you guys are really set up for success and I'm just so excited we are too and I think it's so great that you're you're trying to learn Polish and you're open to this and you guys are you're on the same page you want the kid to be bilingual because so often it's just oh no we're going to speak you know in this case English because um, parent A or parent B doesn't speak the other language and doesn't want to be left out and then the kid gets, you know, left out of the, the heritage language. So I think it's good if not to deprive yeah. the child of that. That happened with my upbringing. My mother doesn't speak Portuguese, so I never learned it. And I guess I feel sad about it in a way. So, you know, that's kind of why I'm trying to learn it a bit now and why I'm, you know, really excited about trying this and seeing what works, seeing what feels good, like... We're just going to go with the flow with it. Nothing, you know, too rigid, um, of course, in the in the early years. But yeah, I think that's very wise because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, every day is different yeah. and you just got to, you know, you might have a good day, speak lots of Polish one day and then have a bad day you know, or bad, quote unquote, mm -hmm. but like a day where you don't say a word of Polish and you, whatever, they're still going to learn it. It doesn't have to be perfect and 100 percent all the time. So at the end of the program, I always like to ask guests to teach us a word or phrase. So do you guys have a word or phrase? It can be, I mean, you guys have lots of languages. It could be Spanish, Portuguese, Polish, one of each. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll do one of each or, or we'll yeah. do some Polish words. The more, the better. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, you, you probably know a lot of Polish words already, but I'll definitely... For the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> For the I mean, listeners. You can teach me a word I don't know. There's still no, lots no, of words I don't, I don't know. I, think you, I mean, I, I already picked one that was uh, uh, mostly just from memory and everything. Um, and that was the word wolnosz, uh, mm -hmm. which is freedom in Polish. Um, uh, mostly just because we, we want to be able to like teach and like song and everything. And wolnosz was like a, it's a, like a childhood, I guess, memory of a song that was like played when I was a child. 
Um, so it's just something that we picture like learn, learning and exposing like the child to Polish songs like mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> I love that song Volnosh. I think it's it's really cool it always reminds me of like a party <laughs> everyone dancing and you know having a good yeah. time that song's playing I love disco polo times. and lots yeah. of people don't but I love it we dance I do too. yeah lots of people don't I mean it was definitely like when I grew up it was like predominantly disco polo like that was the era mm -hmm. and I think it faded for a long time but it actually recently like made a pretty big comeback the last time i was in poland <laughs> yeah well there's still a channel like we have polish tv and there's disco polo channels 24 7 disco yeah. polo behind the scenes like all sorts of <laughs> yeah they, they still keep going yeah we actually have gone to two disco polo concerts in new britain um nice. that Sydney mentioned earlier um they're um, they had artists from Poland come over um, a few years in a row and had these pretty fun concerts. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like a, yeah, in a little rec hall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. New, New Britain is the place to be for <laughs> Polish immigrants and Polish language lovers like Carly and oh, myself. Yeah. <laughs> and also for you sure. can now take, you know, in a couple of years, hopefully if concerts happen again, you guys can take your daughter. Yeah. Um, my, my kids do know, you guys probably know this song. Um, Ona lubi pomarańcze, like she oh, likes okay. oranges. Yeah, my kids will sing that like all the time. And I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> if any like, person from Poland heard these American kids singing this song, but <laughs> things to look yeah. forward to, teaching your kids yeah. random songs. Carly, do you have a word that you want to teach us? I have been referring to my little Minina <laughs> a lot lately in my belly. Um, mm -hmm. Minina is the Portuguese word for little girl. Mm -hmm. That's so cute. I love it. <laughs> Well, we wish you guys all the best and thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. Um, it's just such a special moment and I just wanted to talk to you guys before she, you know, she makes her arrival because you're going to be busy. And mm -hmm. I just, I think it's good for people to hear because we're normally talking to parents and their kids are 10 or, you know, five and they have all this experience. And I think it's a, such a different perspective when you're first expecting. And, you know, I remember it, my kids are only three and and two. So it's, it's just very different. The feeling, everything is is new and exciting. You know, every day, I don't know if you have the apps, but like every day your baby is growing yeah. X amount and is the size of a whatever. It's a pineapple. <laughs> it seems so crazy. Yeah. So I think it's, it's great to share with our listeners because I'm sure, you know, I hope that there's people listening that maybe don't have kids yet and hope to have kids and maybe want to raise them bilingually. So I hope that your story can help them to kind of imagine the kinds of conversations they might be having. I don't know, things they can do, like take classes like you're doing. I just think, yeah, you guys are inspirational. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, no matter no matter what, it's it's going to be a fantastic thing to just try out and to do together. And I'm just looking forward to this being kind of a, a lifelong journey for our whole family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Polish grammar, yeah, for life. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You could only give her the basics and then if she wants to learn more, you know, then she could uh, always learn more. That's very true. We can't really force. And if we force, they're going to push against us. So nope. we can do our best for the first couple of years and hope that at least the foundation is there if they want to come back to it. I think that's very wise. <laughs> awesome having podcasts like yours, Heather, to oh, use as a resource, especially for people in 
in a position like ours. We don't really know <laughs> too much about what to expect here, but um, listening to you and your guests talk about this topic just helps so much, gives us a lot of great ideas. So thank you well, for doing what you're doing. My pleasure. As you know, that's the whole premise is that I'm over here not knowing what the heck I'm doing. So that's why I started the podcast. I was like, I need to talk to people who are doing this correctly. Because yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. And yeah, I wish you all the best and we will be in touch. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. Thank you guys. Take care. That's all for my interview with Carly and Michal. Thank you for listening all the way through. I'm so thankful and grateful to them for agreeing to talk with me in this special moment of their lives, of their journey as a married couple and as soon-to-be parents. And I think it's really special to share that with all of you. And this podcast usually talks to parents who already have children. So I hope that you enjoyed this view from an earlier time before the children are born of all the work that parents go through and all the discussions that they have about what they want for their children and how they're going to accomplish that. So I thank them both so much, and I hope that maybe it gave you some hope for something you want to do this year. If it's learning a new language or maybe rekindling a language you used to learn or whatever that is for you, I hope that this very optimistic and hopeful episode brought you some hope. And I just want to remind everybody that I have two surveys out. One is for all listeners. I'd like to know more about you guys where you're listening in from, what types of episodes you would like to hear more of in this year. So you can find the link to that in the show notes, as well as on my Instagram profile. There's a link tree in there. The other survey is for anyone who would like to be a guest. So you can fill those out. If you know someone who would be a great guest, I would ask you to please send them the link so that they can fill out the survey themselves. And if you want to leave a rating and a review, I would be so grateful. It would help me grow the podcast and grow listenership. And as well, as I always say, if you'd like to share it on social media, that also helps to spread the word. And of course, good old word of mouth, telling your friends, sharing it with them, sending it through a text, anything you can do to spread the word and help other people know that there's a podcast about raising bilingual children. I would be so grateful. And make sure you tag me if you're sending, if you're sharing it on social media, the future is bilingual no spaces so that way I can see and I can thank you and we can maybe strike up a conversation so thank you guys so much don't forget you can always reach out at tfibpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to reach out to me and I just wish everybody a wonderful beginning of the new year take care and we'll see you in the next episode bye